What is going on guys? My name is Nick and this is the Sterling Silver Podcast and today we are going to be talking about how different next season could look compared to this season because as pretty much everyone knows, Liverpool has won the season already, they may as well stop it now, um, no they shouldn't, but um, it's pretty much obvious that Liverpool are going to win the league for the first time in their history, the Premier League for the first time in their history. But today's episode isn't going to be so much singing their praises. It's rather going to be about how different next year, next season could shape up with regards to teams coming in and out of form this season, looking at the standings of last season compared to this season, and then seeing that next season we're really going to have not so much a title race because... There's still many teams that are quite suspect. You still don't expect whether they have what's in them to win the Premier League. But in terms of competing for that top six or that top four, it's going to be quite interesting next season. Compared to this season, where this season, it's already interesting, considering it literally goes Leicester in third place on 50 points, down to like Burnley in 10th place on 37 points. So if you look at at fourth place Chelsea, they're currently on 44 points and 10th place Burnley is on 37. So there's literally seven points between mid-table and Champions League football, which is quite an interesting thing to keep in mind for now. But we're going to we're going to catch to that later on. So right now I just want to talk about the resurgence of Arsenal currently in the state because as everyone knows, they had a horrid start to the season led to Unai Emery getting sacked, had a caretaker manager for a couple games, and now with the appointment of Mikel Arteta, it's been a bit shaky to start with, but I think now that all of us see his vision and the way he wants to play his football come through, we've seen them get a good run of results together. I think the stat is that they unbeaten in their last seven in the league, and then I think it's around about 10 in all competitions. Uh, that includes Europa League as well as domestic cups. So Arsenal started horrifically in the bottom of the table. But now, recently, they've had a bit of a resurgence, obviously, with the stats I've just mentioned. They are now ninth in the league, 37 points, three away from European football, seven away from Champions League football. However, you could say it's four because of the city ban whether that takes place or or whether it gets postponed or whatever but that's a different uh, topic altogether as I've already alluded to but in terms of Arsenal the way they started the season was absolutely atrocious now they're actually playing good football they're playing entertaining football obviously with today's results I'm recording this on Sunday them beating Everton 3-2 which is a very very entertaining game of football and that isn't they played well that game they definitely definitely played well and they've also had a good couple other results in the league so now with the with good players that they have you think next season what what do, what are we going to expect from them because this season they seeing good performances from Aubameyang of course he's now the top scorer in the league tied with Jamie Vardy we're seeing Nicola Pepe come in and out of form show his prowess on the wing, show what he has to offer. We've seen Granit Xhaka play different, almost a different style 
he almost seems like a new player under Mikel Arteta. We've seen Saka start to come through as, who knows, the world's his oyster. He's really playing top, top football, and I think he's only going to get better. Then the centre-backs are still a bit suspect, obviously. David Luiz, Mustafi, but they do have William Saliba, which is which he is coming in the summer. So we think next season, what do we, like, we don't know. Arsenal, I think they're a bit of a, neither here nor there. However, I don't think they have a chance of fighting for the title. However, I think they do have the foundations in place to have a much better season next season than they have this season, which obviously isn't going to be particularly hard for a big six club. But it's still something to keep in mind that they've got the foundations there. They've got a team, they've got a player to build a team around in Ozil. And Ozil's really starting to play well now under Mikel Arteta. He seems to work harder, create more chances. Obviously, he's actually in the squad now compared to Unai Emery, where he was just an outcast. So it's interesting to see what Arsenal will have for us next season. And that brings me to my next team, which I say is Everton. Obviously, with the result today, 3-2, they, I think they will be disappointed. They scored first. They didn't read. They had more attempts than Arsenal in the game, but you really think that they really had a shot of winning the game? Yes and no. I don't know. It's whatever. It's up to whatever your discretion is. However, this season we saw the sacking of Marco Silva and the appointments of Carlo Ancelotti out of all people, which I think did come as a bit of a surprise. But with a manager like Carlo Ancelotti, I mean, he's won three Champions Leagues, and he's managing a club like Everton. So. What sort of pool does Carlo Ancelotti have? Because I think at the end of the January transfer window, there was rumors of James Rodriguez joining Everton, which is like never heard of, if you know what I mean. A, a manager like this with this sort of prowess has a re- really big pool to a club. So again, I'm not saying Everton are going to challenge for the title, but I think with... The, Currently, the players they've got in their side with Mason Holgate, who is, who is looking to be possibly one of the best defenders in the future. He's playing top football. He can play in the center or on the left. We've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front, who hopefully comes through for England. He's playing well in the league. Andre Gomez, who we've seen is a good ball-playing midfielder. He did have the unfortunate injury where he broke his ankle against Spurs late November. However, we do. We everyone knows that Andre Gomez is a good footballer, and then there's obviously Richarlison, Moise Keane, uh, Bernard, whoever you want to throw in there, Theo Walcott, Fabian Dalf, players like that. They have the ability to change games, and that makes you think what Everton can do next season because they have a man like Carlo Ancelotti, a big name manager. What sort of signings can they pull in if they are backed by the board and financially? What sort of signings can they get in to bolster their squad again i'm not saying everton are going to challenge for the league but in terms of how this season's turned out they are currently 11th in the league so again but it's because of the horrible start to the season the stats is that um carlo ancelotti managed to get the same amount of points as marco silva this season but in seven less games so it just shows that with everton being 11th in the league it's kind of a miracle in itself. Like, I know that's a bit of a harsh way to say it, but Carl Ancelotti has really been their scapegoat this season 
because he's really, really brought Everton to the next level. And European football is genuinely a conversation that could be had about Everton now because they're only eight points above the relegation zone, but they are four points away from European football. So it makes you think, Everton next season, what's going to happen? And then we've got Chelsea. Obviously, Chelsea, they've had a good season so far. They're fourth in the league with 44 points. They did just beat Spurs yesterday. That's another win for Lampard against Mourinho. And again, Chelsea, they have they have the foundations there. They've got young players in Abraham, Pulisic. And you think, with especially with Hakim Ziyech, apparently coming in the summer, I think it's actually confirmed, um, him coming in the summer, he's, him, him being 26, they really do have foundations for the future. And they backed up with players such as Kante, Jorginho, Rudiger. And you really think that Chelsea next season, with obviously with Lampard playing with the players more, he has more time with the players. Off season's going to be hopefully people stay fit. When I say fit, I mean they don't get injured because this season we've really seen good performances coming out of Reese James, Fukayo Tomore, as well as Mason Mount. So next season we're really seeing players maturing and coming through the ranks in the players that I just mentioned. And it really makes you think what Chelsea have to do next season. Again, I don't think they have the ability to challenge City and Liverpool to the title. I do think City and Liverpool are in a league of their own right now. But in terms of making the top four even closer than it already is, I think Chelsea really have have a good fair say of what to do next season. However, they do have to sort out Aretha Balaga and beyond the sticks because obviously, as of recent, he's actually been dropped to Willy Caballero and it makes you think the most expensive goalkeeper in the world what's his future going to plan out to be and obviously there's no more transfer ban for Chelsea so Hakim Ziyech in the summer and it makes you wonder who else could possibly come through Uh, obviously only the future will tell then we've got Spurs and Mourinho obviously Spurs this season sacked Pochettino and we've seen Spurs be a bit, we've, we haven't really seen, I don't think we've seen the potential of Spurs right now. Obviously, they are ridden with injuries. Obviously, Harry Kane is out for a, for a while. Him being the only real out-and-out number nine in their team. They have made a signing Bergwijn, which obviously had a great start against City. But it makes you think, surely in the summer, they have to sign another number nine especially for the backup for Kane, because they've seen how much that's hurt them. Because Lucas Moura and Bergwijn haven't really been able to fill the void that the injury of Kane has left. So it really makes you think, next season, a fully fit Tottenham, maybe playing this sort of style under Mourinho, will it work, will it not? Again, only the future tells. But right now, Spurs are still sixth in the league. They do have 40 points. They are tied on points with Sheffield. But... It makes you think next season, obviously, it's it's another sort of, they're not going to get the title, but are they going to get Champions League football? They're really, really in that bunch right now. And then the real dark horses of this season have obviously been Leicester. I mean, last season they finished mid-table. This season they had a great run of form at the start of the season. They're currently third in the league, obviously with a loss to City on Saturday night, uh, 1-0 they are still a top, top, top quality team. I, mean, I think at the start of the season, 
in the first in in the first like ten or twenty games they had the best defensive record because obviously they have Chris Evans and Soyonchu there in defense, backed up with uh Pereira and Ben Chilwell. I mean that's a top quality defense. And then they've got Ndidi holding a midfield, James Madison, Jamie Vardy up front, as well as you have players like Yuri Tielemans. It's just like next season we don't really know what what Leicester has because they seem to come out of nowhere in a way this season. But next season, if they carry on playing like how they did at the start of this season, maybe we have another 16-17 Leicester on our hands because they really have been playing good football. They really have been showing teams how Leicester want to play their football and how Brendan Rodgers wants to play football with Leicester. And they've really, really shown other teams that you don't just go to Leicester and you don't have an easy game. There's no easy victory for Leicester. I mean, I mean Southampton learned that the hard way when they got battered 9-0. But I mean, Leicester have really shown this season that they really got to be taken seriously. We've already seen what what they can do in the 16-17 season. Like, yes, they had a Kante, Mares, but the, this season we've seen that they really do have the potential to be a top four club. So next season, again, only the future will tell. If people stay fit, then I think Leicester have a real good chance of making Champions League football next season. And again... This season, Sheffield United and Chris Wilder has pretty much pulled off a miracle with this club. He has shown how he wants to play football with Sheffield United. Sheffield United, they all the players have played with their heart on their sleeve. They've played for the badge on the front and not the name on the back sort of attitude. They've really put it all out there on the football field. And then next season, we really have no idea what, what Sheffield United have in store. Like... Will they finish top six, top seven next season? None of us know. Especially if they make European football this season, that will be a miracle in itself. But then again, you think tough schedule next season if they do play European football. Do you, does Chris Wilder have it in him to pull what he did this season out of his players again next season? Only time will tell. Then we've got Wolves and Nuno Espirito Santo and how they've done last season as well as this season. Obviously, last season they made European football. They've been performing well. This season, they're currently eighth. They've Again, they've, they've played good football this season. Every, the buzzword right now when, when anyone mentions Wolves is obviously Adama Traore. He has honestly played fantastic football this season, especially backed up by... Well, not really backed up, but Raul Jimenez there in there as well. Le uh, Wolves have really played good, good football this season. And it makes you think next season, if they get a couple good signings and people stay fit, like Diego Jota has been out for a good chunk of this season and, he, and he's been a, a top, top player for Wolves. So it makes you think next season, what's, what, what's on the agenda for Wolves? Because again, last last season they top six this season they have a really good shot of making top six again so we have literally no idea of what could happen and then last but not least we've got Manchester United because I don't think I really have to mention City and, and Liverpool because they are kind of in a league of their own right now I think if anyone says who the two best teams in England right now, it would be City and Liverpool. And I don't think there's much of a debate regarding that. We know what City have done wrong this season with injuries to Laporte and Sané. But I mean, they lose company and they don't sign another centre-back and then they lose Laporte through injury. I mean, 
that's real red flags. And obviously with the Champions League ban and everything that's going into that, we have no idea what, what's going to come out of them. But next season again, them and Liverpool, I think it's going to be a tug of war for the title again. But then United, I think under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I don't necessarily think Solskjaer is a S-tier manager. I don't think Solskjaer is necessarily the manager who can win leagues with them, win Champions Leagues with them. I do think they would be better off with a Pochettino at the helm or maybe even an, a Nuno Espirito Santo. But them backing Solskjaer, I don't think will be a, necessarily a bad thing because obviously they've just signed Bruno Fernandes and he, he scored his first goal today. And we everyone knows that he is a top, top baller. So next season with with this sort of, with the young younglings coming through with the likes of Mason Greenwood and obviously Madison being rumoured to join United with a signing like Bruno Fernandes. They are still a bit shaky at the back. Bailly, is he like, uh, it's a bit of a touch-and-go situation there in the defence. But Wan-Bissaka has really played well and like next season, a couple good signings in the summer. Who knows what's going to happen with United. They... I think they could really be the dark horse next season. They could be the se- the the team that no one really sees coming uh, for the third place spot. Um, I do think they have the real opportunity to play Champions League football. However, I don't think that Solskjaer is the manager to take United to the next level. I think they have the group of players there. They've got the quality there on the team sheet, but do they have the world-class manager to take them to the next level sort of thing? So this season has really, it's been competitive in terms of points, but in terms of quality of football, it hasn't really been there. Obviously, we've seen that with Liverpool running away with the league, not taking anything away from them. They've played absolutely fantastic football this season. They, they deserve nothing less than winning the league. But next season, I think... It's going to be a different sort of kettle of fish in terms of the third to seventh to eighth to ninth places in the table. It could literally come down to the last couple of games to solidify your spot there in in Champions League or in European football itself. So I think it's going to be a really, really, really interesting season. I'm I'm very excited for the 2020-2021 season. And I'm very, very excited to watch some more football.